podcast is designed to strengthen and encourage you, inspire and excite you as you discover the keys that will unlock for you supernatural kingdom provision, prosperity, wealth, health, and all the kingdom benefits you are entitled to as a son of God, as a daughter of God. Jesus Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, his finished work, has already provided for you all things. That's right, all things. It's yours. You've already got it. And when you get a revelation of this truth, it will transform you from the inside out. Wherever you are listening today, I am so delighted that you have chosen to take some time from your busy day and spend it with me. I am believing that what I have to share with you today will be a blessing to you. In this episode today, we are going to talk about the dreaded four-letter word, debt. Unfortunately, we have to deal with the reality that debt is the biggest trap that is keeping believers from experiencing the wealth and prosperity God has for them. Debt is a huge problem in the day and age we live in. Debt is the number one cause of financial misery, stress, and bondage, and even divorce. Financial stress doesn't kill you instantly. It's a slow process. It robs you of your life. It robs you of vision and dreams. It causes you to dread Mondays. My husband and I, when we hear someone say that they are out of debt, we say, congratulations, when did you pay your house off? Oh, they say, I didn't pay the house off. Well, I thought you said you paid the house off. Oh, mortgages don't count, they say. You see, that's how people think. They think I'll always have a mortgage. Unfortunately, today, debt has been ingrained into our culture that we cannot envision a car without a payment, a house without a mortgage, a student without a loan. Every day, via magazines, billboards, TV commercials, we are being bombarded with advertisements convincing us we've got to buy their product and we've got to have it now. Many are living way above their means. They're spending more than they are making just like the U.S. government. Many people are busted and disgusted, obsessed to possess in order to impress people they don't even like, resulting in lives that are in a mess. I don't want to bore you with statistics, but hang on, okay? It will get better at the end. 78% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck. 73% of Americans die in debt. 49% of Americans say if they were to lose their job, they would lose their home in a couple of months. At all. Most Americans feel safe if they have room in their credit card. Most Americans do not save money to buy normal purchases that their parents would. The credit card companies, are you ready for this? They collect $63 billion in credit card fees. You see, credit card companies, they know how money works, and they take advantage of those who don't. They understand the time value of money. They understand compound interest. It's called the eight wonder of the world. They know how money works. 
If you are ever going to get out of debt, you need to know how money works. You know those stores that offer you their credit card? They are not in the retail business. They will give you the clothes 50% off. I mean, they'll mark it down 50, 75%. They don't care as long as they get you to use your credit card. They are in the banking business. Did you know it takes 22 years to pay off a credit card if you pay the minimum payment? They're hoping you won't pay it off so they can have continuous streams of income. Isn't that what we are supposed to have? Doesn't Solomon, the richest man that ever lived, advise us to divide our portion among seven or eight, meaning having several streams of income? I believe he says that in Ecclesiastes chapter 11. The NIV version puts it this way, invest in seven ventures, yes, and eight. You do not know what disaster may come upon the land. It doesn't take much to invest. And if you've heard the previous episodes, you've learned that it just takes small amounts, small fragments, produce a huge return. You know why many don't have these streams of income? Lack of knowledge and delayed gratification. Two words that do not exist in many Americans' vocabulary. Delayed gratification. It's I want it, I gotta have it, I gotta have it now. And we are now being teased and seduced by a culture that has convinced us that we gotta have the latest and the greatest, the fastest and the baddest. Is that a word? It's gotta be bigger and better, classy and sassy. It's gotta be slim, sleek and smart. It's got a whole more, way less, have all the bells and whistles. It's got to be Blu-ray, Bluetooth, Goldtooth. It's got to be the iPhone, iPad, iPod, iMac, ay-ay-ay-ay-ay, and no sooner we get it home. It's barely out of the box, and they're advertising the brand new model. You all know what I'm talking about. It's only a matter of time before we are discontented and disappointed with the, what, we, what we have purchased. I read an article that stated people in the United States are mortgaging their future so they can enjoy everything right now, indulging themselves and not planning for the future. Several years ago, my husband and I were hosting these financial classes at a local church. And after we taught this class, a gentleman came up to the front and told the class he was watching one of those home shoppers networks on TV. He said they were demonstrating this beautiful steam-powered grill cleaner, the Grill Daddy Pro. What a beauty, he said. The advertiser said it steams away baked on food, grease and grime. It even sterilized the grill after use, leaving it looking like new every time. It was safe on porcelain, steel and iron, and it even came with the heavy-duty scraper. The guy said, man, and these are exact words, I was so blown away, I was really impressed. I was just about to get up and grab my credit card and call to order the Super Daddy Grill Cleaner when I realized... I didn't even own a grill. Wow, the power of advertising. I told the class, I am so happy to announce I have a Super Daddy Grill Cleaner. He does an amazing job. He's right here and he's a pro. Now hear me please. I'm not saying don't buy nice things that make life easier. I'm not saying not to buy nice things. Absolutely not. The Lord wants us to have nice things. But more importantly, he's more concerned about our stewardship. He's more concerned with us investing his money to impact this earth's culture. He is more concerned 
about you being the head and not the tail, the lender and not the borrower. Proverbs 22.7 tells us the rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. When we are in debt, debt becomes our master. What is debt? Well, debt is an obligation. It's something you owe. In essence, debt comes from when you don't have enough to get what you need or desire, but you acquire the resources to get what you want. Often, debt reflects a dependency on someone or something other than God. Debt can reveal many things about us, things we don't often like to admit or face. For example, it can reveal lust in our hearts. We have a desire for something like that new 60-inch LED, OLED, TLC. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that you can have that baby in, at your door tonight. And guess what? No payments for 12 months. So what do we do? Put it on the card and we will go into debt to get it. I've got to have it and i got to have it now. Debt can also reveal a lack of patience. Debt can reveal a lack of dependency on God. We turn to the credit card and meet to meet our needs and desires instead of turning to the Lord. Debt can reveal a lack of planning, not taking the time ahead of time to write a spending plan. And if that's not done, often it results in overspending. Someone has said, when you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Unfortunately, debt can reveal poor stewardship, mismanaging the master's goods. I'm often asked, Debbie, is debt a sin? Well, let's look at what the Bible teaches, because God clearly warns us not to go into debt or co-sign a loan unless we are certain we can repay our obligations. Proverbs 22, 26, and 27. So we must conclude then that some debt is allowed. You can owe money to other people and not be in sin. However, debt carries a responsibility. You must repay your debts. Think about it. Borrowing money is a promise to the lender to return the borrowed money. All promises must be kept. Psalm 37.21 tells us the wicked borrow and don't pay back. Debt is bondage, Proverbs tells us in 22.7. The rich rule over the poor and the borrower is a slave to the lender. You have probably noticed if you've borrowed money from a friend or even parents, the dynamics of that relationship changes. There's a shift in the relationship. So keep that in mind. Think twice before you borrow money from a friend or a family member. And be sure to purpose in your heart to pay them back. Debt carries responsibility and we must repay our debt. When you borrow money or buy things on credit, you are promising to return the borrowed money. You're promising to pay back the creditors. That promise must be kept. Debt is never easy to talk about because the emotions around it are so intense. People become very defensive. I like what Dave Ramsey says. He says, we become very defensive in our mess. We become like that toddler sitting in a poopy diaper. Yeah, I know it smells bad, but it's warm and it's mine. Listen, he says, it's time to change that poopy diaper. Others isolate themselves. And yet others withdraw. They become complacent and accept debt as being just a way of life. Many are filled with shame, guilt, and embarrassment when faced with this lingering problem. The easiest thing to do sometimes is ignore 
Just ignore the bank letters, the phone calls, the knock on the door. Many in debt will put off seeking help for a long time, hoping the problem will just go away. In many instances, it's not the threat, oh, I should say it's the threat of court proceedings, foreclosures, that moves them to take action. My friend, no matter how much debt you are in, take comfort in knowing there is no condemnation. And it's not too late to experience financial freedom. It's not too late to dream big dreams and fulfill your God-given destiny. No matter what shape your finances are in today, it's not too late to see yourself living debt free and walking in kingdom abundance. There is freedom in the kingdom. Jesus said, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not harm you, to give you a hope in the future. So Jesus has the answer. He has the plan. Amen. His plans are to get you out of debt. I love the story found in 2 Kings chapter 4. It's about the widow woman whose husband had died, leaving her and her two sons in debt. So much debt that the creditors were knocking at her door, threatening to take her sons to serve as slaves. You know, in those days, the legal system would not allow anyone to declare bankruptcy. She had to give her sons to the creditor to work off the debt. You see, debt has some serious repercussions and ramifications, does it not? I've never had to deal with bill collectors, but the stories I hear, bill collectors are a rare breed. They do not care about you or your circumstances. They don't care if there's been a death or a loss of a job, an accident. They will harass you. They will call you day and night. Some will even call you at work. This is what I hear. They are merciless. Do you think the bank feels bad for you? Do you think they lose sleep over your debt? Do you think they cry when someone loses their home to foreclosure? To them, it's business as usual. These creditors were coming after this woman's boys to take them away to serve as slaves. Now put yourself in this woman's shoes. That's the last thing you want to deal with after losing your husband. Some say her husband was the prophet Obadiah, who fed hundreds of prophets while in hiding from the mean Queen Jezebel. That's why she was left with so much debt. Some say this was a man of God who may have been very spiritual, but he neglected the practical. I don't know what I do know. It's important that you have those important documents in place. It's important to get out of debt. It's important to have a will, a trust, and uh, an estate planning. Some advocate life insurance or term insurance. Ask the Holy Spirit what you need to do. The only thing I want to say about this is the last thing a widow or the family of deceased wants to be worried about is the, this practical stuff and trying to get themselves out of debt. This woman goes to the man of God, the prophet, and she, she cries out to him for help. And she says, my husband is dead. He was a man of God and he feared God. But now he's gone and the creditors are threatening to take my sons. Elisha says to her, what can I do for you? What do you have in your house? Now, what kind of question is that? She could have asked, what do I have in my house? I've just told you, I got debt. I can't pay. The creditors are at my door threatening to take my boys. I don't have a thing. Well, except a little bit of oil. She, says, she said, I have a little bit of oil. Interesting how she mentions the amount, a little bit of oil. You see, in her eyes, she had nothing of value. But guess what? God can work with that. 
And doesn't that sound like us? Oh, I don't have much. I just got a little bit of cash. Oh, I only have a little bit of money saved up. Not much. I just have a little bit of oil. Elisha said to the woman, go. Go to all your neighbors and go borrow some vessels and not just a few. In essence, he was saying, bring as many as you have faith for God to fill. Then shut the door and pour. Elisha was having this woman commit herself in faith to God's provision by going out and getting vessels, empty vessels from her neighbors. He didn't ask her to go to the neighbor's house and ask for oil. He said, go borrow empty vessels. This is a great time to ask you, my friend. Has God asked you to do something? Has he given you some instructions? Do it. Do it. It may sound strange, but do it. As her sons brought her the empty vessels, she just poured. Miraculously, the oil kept flowing until all the borrowed vessels were filled. And when all the vessels were filled, the oil stopped. Now, had they borrowed more vessels, more oil would have flowed. So I guess they determined their capacity to receive, didn't they? Do you recall her first witch, the prophet, I only have a little oil? The Lord is asking you, what do you have in your house? And you may be echoing her same words. I don't have anything in my house. Oh, but you do. The answer to her financial crisis was in her house. And the answer to your financial situation is in your house. The problem is, so often, we are looking everywhere else for that answer. But the answer is in your house. It's not from without it's right there in you. It's within you. You may not think you have much of anything, but I, but I believe the Lord has wanted to give you some instructions. He has wanted to show you his plan, his strategy, his ideas. And when he shows you, put it to work. I've heard amazing testimonies of people who were in debt up to their eyeballs. And when they sought the Lord, he revealed to them his plan. I'm thinking of one testimony in particular. It was a couple who were struggling. She was a stay-at-home mom, and they were living paycheck to paycheck. At times, they had to charge their utility bills and their groceries on their credit card. But one day, she was just praying and pouring over the scriptures, and she came across this account of in 2 Kings chapter 4 of the widow woman. And she asked the Lord, she said, Lord, where is my oil? Lord, what can I do from home? Is there a business I can start? And the Lord told her, he spoke to her heart and said, get two golden doodles and breed them. By faith, she sowed seed into the kingdom, a ministry that God led her to. Because you know, if you've been following me in all these previous episodes, you know that the kingdom of God operates by sowing seed. She sowed seed, believing God for a return in puppies. And guess what? The first time her dogs got pregnant, they had a total of 13 puppies. She sold them at $1,200 a pop. <laughs> Do the math. That's over $15,000. She tithed and continually sowed seed. Short time after that, her mom, who used to breed dogs also, no longer wanted to breed her puppies. And she gave her puppies to her daughter. So to make a long story short, the dogs were breeding so many dogs. But there was a great demand for her puppies. And she had to raise the price 
to $2,300 a puppy. That's amazing. All in all, she made over $100,000. And during that same time, her husband got a promotion. They were able to pay all their bills, get out of the credit card debt, as well as pay off their mortgage on their dream home. Who would have thunk it? Nothing is impossible with God. Let me ask you a question. Do you think there was work involved in breeding and selling those puppies? Of course there was. But the reason why I ask that question is because many believers think that there isn't any work or planning involved when it comes to getting out of debt and prospering. Now, I'm not talking about toiling. Toiling is when you're working and working. You've got nothing to show for it. That's toiling. When the husband got the promotion, do you think there may have been more responsibility that came with that promotion? Of course. Of course. But listen, have this mindset. Think of your job or your business or whatever assignment God may give you. Think of it as just that, an assignment. And it's that assignment that's going to bring forth from within you your potential, your giftings. The miracle is in your house. Ask the Lord, Lord, where is my oil? Because with God, the possibilities are endless. You are going to have to hear from God and then step out in faith. The widow and her sons, they were demonstrating faith, obedience, and submission to God by going out and borrowing all those empty vessels. They had to go knocking on doors, asking the neighbor for the vessel, carrying it back home. But every vessel they brought in, they were saying, God is going to fill this one. God is going to fill this one too. The word says when they collected all the vessels, they went into the house and shut the door. Now, why did Elisha tell her to shut the door? Why did Jesus shut the door when he raised Jairus' daughter from the dead? Why did Jesus tell his disciples to shut the door when they went in to pray? I believe shutting the door has two meanings. Getting alone with God so he can reveal his supernatural plan. Father God is saying shut the door and get alone with me. Put aside all the distractions and ask me where is my oil? Because I am wanting to show you the plan, the strategy, the concept, the idea, the miracle that is in your house. Father is not wanting to keep things from you. He's got things hidden for you. Proverbs 25, 2 tells us it is the glory of a king to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings to search out a matter. I believe shut the door can also mean shut the door on unbelief. When you are believing God for something supernatural, you can't listen to the naysayers coming to discourage you. You can't listen to all those negative opinions, experiences, and advice. You have to make a conscious effort to shut the door on unbelief coming from any source, even your own mind. Perhaps you've been fretting, worrying over your financial situation. Perhaps you are blaming yourself for the mistakes you've made in the past. Or you're lamenting over someone who did you wrong. Perhaps someone is to blame for the financial condition you are in. Father is saying, shut the door. Get along with me. Now God's solution, his plan may sound outrageous, outright crazy. He may give you a strategy that's way out there and doesn't make sense. What are you going to do? Do it. Do it. 
When the widow woman followed the man of God's instructions, she received her provision and her miracle. Now listen to the rest of the instructions Elisha gave the woman. He said, go, sell, pay your debt, and live off the rest. The word go is a command. She had to go and sell. Once again, she had to do her part. First, she had to go and borrow the vessels. Then she had to pour the oil. Now go and sell the oil and get out of debt was the plan. I don't know what go means to you. I don't know what instructions the Lord has for you or has given you to get out of debt. This is key. This is key. He wants you out of debt more than you do. He doesn't want you shackled. He wants you free. There's freedom in the kingdom. I love what the man of God said to the woman. He said, sell the oil and live off the rest. Whoa, do you see how good God is? I want you to begin to see it's not just about eliminating your debt or supernatural debt cancellation. The man of God said, live. Man, when I read that, that word live just jumped off the page of my Bible. It's about living. It's about partnering with God to see his kingdom manifest in your life here on earth and making an impact on this earth. Jesus said, I have come that you might have life. Perhaps you are one of those that have, you have just given up. You've, lo- you've lost hope and you're not really living. You want to throw in the towel. You see no way out, but I want to encourage you today. You are not listening to this podcast by accident. This is a divine connection. You have experienced a setback perhaps, but guess what? Your setback is only a setup for God to bring you to another level. God wants to do more for you beyond your wildest dreams. It's time to dream again. Dream and dream big. It's time for expectations to be fulfilled. It's time for restoration. God is restoring. I love what Jeremiah 33:11 says. It says, there will be sounds of joy and laughter, the people of the Lord giving thanks. They will give thanks, saith the Lord, for the Lord is good, for I will restore the prosperity. I will restore the fortunes. Amen? Receive that today. Don't assume that where you are today, you will always be. Don't let your present situation dictate your future. Your financial history is not your destiny. We serve a mighty God. Well, that's all that I have for today. I hope this word ministered to you in some way. I know God's word never comes back void. Once again, if you are enjoying these podcasts, please share them with family and friends. And don't forget to subscribe. If you would like to write to us and share a testimony of what the Lord is doing in your life, or if you just need prayer, we'd love to pray for you. Send me an email. The address is freedominthekingdomnow at gmail.com. I am looking forward to the next time we get together. It's an exciting journey discovering the keys to the kingdom that unlocks the supernatural kingdom way of living here and now. Bye-bye.